Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. Today, I want to talk about risk. Taking risk and the upsides and the downsides of taking risk. To talk about taking risk, I have with me today my best and favorite and most wonderful investor and friend, Bethany Law. And we're going to talk about risk and we're going to talk about taking leaps in finances, but also in life. So take it away. Just run with it. Just, Just run with it. Thanks for chatting with me today. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I think um, my whole career, including how I got involved with you, Logan, with Finley Capital, kind of evolved around taking risks. So I appreciate the opportunities you've given me. And yeah, I think we'll continue to grow together. So you took a big risk a couple of years ago when you left your nonprofit job. Take us back there from where you were and where you are now and how you took, how you'd found the courage to take that risk and also how you analyzed your decision to take that risk and then how it's gone. Yeah. Well, it's been a lot. You know, when you ask my friends and family what I do for a living, I think I've had three different careers, um, but they've all kind of led into each other. And each one of them on their own face involves some aspect of risk. I started my career in law enforcement. Um, Very early on, ended up doing child abuse investigations. Um, because I was a young 21-year-old female. I didn't have a family. I didn't have kids. Um, So it just made me kind of the natural person to take those cases. So I worked those for a long time and found a need in the community, a need for child advocacy services, a need for unbiased forensic interviewing of kids um, in a nonprofit setting. So in 2013, started my own nonprofit called the Northern Michigan Alliance for Children, which has evolved into an absolutely incredible organization that I'm super proud of. Um, just short of a million dollar budget. I think eight employees now they have. And yeah, about almost a year ago, yeah, this month, I I chose to walk away from it. I'm still very involved, but I knew that at that stage in my life, the best thing for that organization was somebody who could bring it to the next level, who could um, maintain and sustain the organization. And um, I wanted to be home and I wanted to be with my family and my kids and not traveling and not working child abuse cases nonstop. So um, I was introduced to you, I think, through Jeremy Studry, who's one of your agents, who sold me my first investment property here in Michigan. Um, Bought this small little um, bungalow on Wixom Lake. Wanted it for my family to use, but when we weren't using it, I wanted to rent it out as an Airbnb. Saw incredible financial success with that when I started. And then we had catastrophic flooding and (laughs) the, the lakes drained. And there was no demand for an Airbnb there. Um, So I went to a long-term rental for a while. I ended up selling that for a profit, which was fantastic, buying a couple rentals here in Midland, um, and then starting my career in real estate. So that was a big risk. You went from, obviously, you went from law enforcement, which was risky in and of itself, being involved in that, to building, to creating and building and growing a nonprofit, which is incredible. But then from that safety of that nonprofit with that salary that you were drawing, yeah. You took a leap into a commission only job. Yeah. That's a risk. Yeah. Talk about talk about the risk there and how you came up with that decision to do that and obviously it's been you've been incredibly successful. You've won some awards since then <laughs> and you're doing a great job, but f- on the front end of that, taking that leap is pretty scary. Yeah. So it was. How, how did you how did you find the courage to do that? You know, I am one of those people who who takes a jump of takes a jump at something and then just fixes whatever goes wrong after the fact. That's just a way I've always been. Um, I think it's 
it's a negative in some ways. It's a positive in many others. I think it's a positive in more ways than it is a negative. Um, a lot of it comes down to trust. I think trust in the people around me. You know, I trusted Jeremy's opinion. He's a teacher um, and he does the real estate on the side. At the time, I wanted still to be involved with my nonprofit. I still do state level stuff. I have a couple, I had a couple of bills that were in the state legislature that, that I wanted to follow and I wanted to be involved in. Um, and I remember my first conversation with you sitting down at the table and saying, can I really do this part-time, Logan? And you're like, absolutely. <laughs> and you're a big liar. <laughs> um, but I did. I, you know, I did it, I did it part-time for about six months and realized how much I loved it. I saw opportunity. Uh, we started going to the investment work groups together. Mm -hmm. I started hearing you talk about Finley Capital and and uh, just knew that the timing was right to take a couple more chances for the good of my family. The thing about risk is if you don't take a risk, nothing good can happen. When you take a risk, you can make mistakes, you can lose, you can lose money, you can lose time, you can, you know, you can fall down and you can fail. But if you don't take any risk, nothing ever gets better. And whether it's in life or in business or with finances or investments, whatever we're talking about, you have to take some chances in your life. If you took this chance and it hadn't worked out, you would have been okay. But if you hadn't taken that chance, you would have still been guaranteed where you were. Yeah. That's the thing that I love about risk. I've never had a problem with taking risk. I've always wanted to be smart and careful with the risks that I take, but I've always understood that risk is part of growth. Right. And if you don't take risk, you will never achieve your goals. You'll never elevate your status. You'll never elevate your finances. You'll never elevate your happiness, mm -hmm. your fulfillment. I have a quote here I want to read. I really like this quote. It says, uh, progress always involves risk. You can't steal second base and keep your foot on first. And you know I like that because I'm a baseball guy. This is Frederick Wilcox, which I guess is a football player. But the idea makes sense. If you're standing on first base, if you don't take a lead, if you don't take a little extra step while that pitcher's getting ready, and you don't take off to steal second, you'll never get there. Right. You might get thrown out, but yeah. that's just part of the risk that you take. Yeah. You don't just stay on first because you're afraid of getting you know, tagged out. you got to take some chances. And I really admire you for taking a chance, leaving your nonprofit and hopping into a real estate career. I really admire you for taking a chance, making a financial investment in Finley Capital. That's a big risk. Okay. Every, not a big risk, but it's a risk. Every time you make an investment in anything, it's a risk. Stock, bond, mutual fund, private investment, you know, house that you buy, a uh, course that you take, anything, anytime you spend or outlay money, you're taking a risk. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do that. A lot of people see their cash in the bank and it makes them feel safe. It makes them feel comfortable. They don't want to move cash from their bank account into anything because it feels risky and it feel, it makes them feel not as safe. One of the things that we've been talking about recently, I was talking to Judy about it yesterday about a balance sheet and what a balance sheet, a personal financial statement looks like. You have different things on it. You have cash and you have investments and, and you have things like houses and cars and other things that are assets to you. And when you transfer your cash into an, another investment vehicle, whether it be a house, a, a loan, an investment or, what, or stock, a bond, your assets don't change. It's just the where they are in your balance sheet that changes. But people have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. So when you made the decision to make your investment into Finley Capital, how did you work through that fear or that uncomfortability? And, and how did you analyze the risks involved and make a decision to do it? 
Oh, that's such a good question because it's not just me that's making the decision in my situation. It's my husband and I. Yeah. We are two very, very different people. I think the fact that we are polar opposites helps us balance each other out, right? He is very cautious. He's very thoughtful. I will ask him what he wants for dinner and he will not have an answer until he's processed exactly, <laughs> you know, what, you know, what the, what the choices are. Um, so, so it was a discussion and there was a lot of going back and forth on how much risk we were going to take. Now he, I don't know him as well as I know you. We played golf and had a little bit of fun, but I've known you for quite a bit longer than I've known him. And so for him, for you to bring home an investment to your husband and say, hey, this looks like a great opportunity. Uh, what do you think? And he's already a risk averse, yeah. uh, not very interested in taking a lot of risk. How did that conversation go? Because in the end, he did decide to go for it. Yeah. Well, listen, you said you can't steal second base if you don't take your foot off at first. If you are a five-year-old kid that's barely good at running, it's going to be a lot harder to steal second base than if you are an adult that's been trained and educated and worked with coaches and trusted other people to help you along the way, right, to get mm -hmm. you to the point where you can do that. So you're, so it's about educating yourself. It's about educating him. It's about taking the steps to mitigate that risk. So for us, it was a matter of, okay, if we're going to invest, how much are we going to start at? Because we know the more we invest, the more we're going to get back. How long is that process going to look? Where is the money going to come from? Are we going to touch into our, tap into our cash assets? Are we going to do a home equity line of credit? And I can tell you a little bit more about what we ended up doing um, later, but then also talking to those people that we trust in, right? Talking to our family, seeing what they thought, talking to our financial advisor at Huntington Bank, who's brilliant, sending him all of the, the documents that Finley Capital gave us so he could kind of underwrite that and decide, you know, if this is a good investment and then, and then trusting the recommendation of others. Um, we ended up actually taking a line of, we had a line of credit already at 1.8% interest rate because the market was phenomenal. You know, it was phenomenal at that point. Um, so we used money out of this line of credit to do our initial investment with Finley Capital. And I think we started with $200,000, right? And saw great returns. It was fantastic. We were like, this is, this is beautiful. We had a six month term, I think. We upped it once to I don't even remember the amount. We upped it once. And then we went back to our, our financial advisor and said, we're getting better returns on this than we're getting in a, in a lot of our other investments. Um, I invest in a group called Bas Bascom Ventures. It's venture capital. Um, we have a couple rentals. We've got, obviously, our our investment portfolio. Um, but this is, this is quick, easy returns that we're seeing every month, short term, and very minimal risk. And uh, he said, well, why don't we just bump your line of credit? And we're lucky that we're in a sit financial situation where we could do that because we have things to secure it. Mm -hmm. But the more we educated ourselves, the more we experienced this process with you, the more confident we, we, we were in it and the more willing we were to take those calculated risks. I remember when we first started, you were one of my first investors, the first, one of the first people that believed in Finley Capital before it had the track record that it does now. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate your trust and I really appreciate the faith that you and Russ took in doing that. I remember your due diligence was very intense. You went through your financial advisor, your attorney was involved yeah. in the documents that we had, the, yeah. you know, the loan documents and all that. And I remember being very grateful for that. I've actually used those documents and, since then. Uh, I've always been excited about my investors or borrowers or partners or whatever 
having their own legal teams review legal documents mm -hmm. because it gives the perspective from the other side of, of the contract. And I've always been open and excited about that. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned, again, we're talking about risk, is you found a way to create an arbitrage between an investment vehicle that you had and this particular one, Finley Capital. My mom and dad did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They took a line of credit against their house. I don't remember what exactly what it was, like half a million dollars. Mm -hmm at four or five percent and then they took that and invested it in with Finley Capital. Now, some people might think that's crazy and I'd certainly understand that. I mean, you have to look at your own individual portfolio and financial situation and say, what kind of risk am I comfortable taking with, with my net worth and my different allocations of, of money and capital and stuff? And I would never suggest anybody take all their eggs from any basket and put it in one spot. You should never do that. But my parents are in a financial position where they felt comfortable accessing some equity in their home yeah obviously they feel comfortable investing it with their son you know they know where i live <laughs> and they know that if i don't pay them back i can't come home for christmas dinner but in in all seriousness they looked at it and said okay this return you know i'm projected to get a return of x i can i can take a line of credit from my house at x minus you know y there's an arbitrage there there's a spread of potential profit between those two numbers most people have a really hard time analyzing that risk. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. I got a partner in another business and we have a line of credit that's very, very small, you know, small interest rate. And I said, hey, why don't we pull this line of credit, invest it with Finley Capital. We'll, I'll pay this return and we'll it'll cost us this much and we'll make this much every month. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? And he was very concerned about risk. And I said, no problem. I will pledge the equity in our company so there's really yeah. no risk to you anymore. Yeah. The, all the it's risk is gone. Zero. Yeah. I said, if I if for some reason this money never comes back to you, you can have the equity in the business, yeah. which is the same amount as the loan. Yeah. So I literally mitigated every aspect and element of risk. And he still said no. Mm. And, you, you know, it's just tough. It's really, I got very frustrated, to be honest with you, because yeah. I look at it, I look at risk all day and I'm thinking, this is at this point has been a, literally a risk-free investment in terms of worst case scenario, this gets made whole this way and this gets, you know, da, da, da. But what I learned is from that experience and from several others is that some people are just not comfortable taking risk. Mm. And that's okay. It's okay. It's, you know, uh, an alternative investment or a private placement investment, whatever you call it, is not for everybody. Have uh, you ever been the passenger, sorry to interrupt, have you ever been the passenger in a car and like really, really uncomfortable and super nervous that they're going to crash? And you're like backseat <laughs> driving and you're like, car, yeah. stop, you know? Yep. And they're like, it's fine. I've got it. I yep. haven't had an accident in 20 years. Like I just went through this with my dad last week. I'm like, dad, I know how to drive. Yeah, you're still, be okay. still a little girl. But when you're not in control, yes. when you're not the one with your foot on the throttle, mm -hmm. it's very hard to trust the other person. It is. So. And I've started to think about that from the other perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think, where would I invest my capital? with somebody else. And I'll be honest with you, it's very hard for me because I want to I always want to have my foot on the gas. I want to have my hand on the wheel. And I'm I've been going through this exercise internally lately thinking cuz you know, most of my capital is in Finley Capital with me operating and growing. So I don't have to worry about where it is. But I have 35 investors that have to worry about where their capital is. And I can tell you where it is cuz I know it's safe and it's invested and it's doing well, but they don't know that for sure. Right. And when you make an alternative investment, you just don't know for sure. Right. You can there are things you can do to to audit and to stay, you know, transparent and we do as much of that as we can. But at the end of the day, anytime you make an investment from your bank account to another place, it is scary. It is it feels risky. It is risky and it is uncomfortable. Yeah. And it is not easy 
to have the courage to make an alternative investment. So I applaud you for taking that risk and taking that chance. And fortunately, thankfully, your returns have been consistent and steady and safe. And I'm very proud of that because I, as the steward of the capital from the investors in this company, I am the one that has to make sure that continues. And if you notice that every month I send a report and I show everybody what happened and how it's happened and how well it's gone. And I work every day and every night to make sure that continues. That's one of the things that's been most comforting for me. Because when we started, I think I think your model, I kind of binge watching your podcast, and I think your model's changed a little bit where now you're offering, you know, uh, co- co-lending based on the deal, right? Rather mm-hmm. than a lump sum amount up front. Um, maybe you're offering both. I, I'm not sure. But what's very comforting to me is when we first started, you asked me, how much do you want to be involved? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't take my money. I trust you. Do with it what you may. Uh, but I might come and check in every once in a while and say, show me your books. And we did that not long ago where I was like, let's look at your loan to value. You know, what are you, you know, how, have you defaulted on any loans? What, what does that look like? Um, and seeing those numbers brought me like this huge, like even higher level of confidence where now I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, we shouldn't be paying our home renovations on our line of credit. We should be putting more money in the capital, <laughs> right? Um, Stay closer. Sorry, I think I, so, so there's, there's a huge level of comfort in that. And then also in the fact that with your new partners, you're offering the ability to buy in one deal at a time. Sure. And it's short term. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. I agree with you. Two things that I I heard in there. Number one, when you have an alternative investment as an, as the investor, as much transparency as you can get is great. In other words, anything that you can do as the investor to confirm, to audit, to review, to spot check, anything like that that you can do will help to make you feel more comfortable. So when you come into my office and say, hey, let me see some things, and I pop them right up and I show you, that gives you more confidence. Right. Uh, when when I tell you that my accountant's in the, in, in the deal and my controller is in the deal, and my mom and dad are in the deal, it helps you to feel more comfortable because those are people that see every dollar yeah. every day. They see where it's going in and where it's going out. And I remember very confident or very specifically uh, asking my accountant to be involved in the in the deals. And I also told him, hey, watch the books for a couple of months first, you know, and make sure that you see how it's operating because I want you to be in there because I want to be able to tell people that you're in there because I want them to know that the person who runs all the books for my taxes is invested in this fund and feels, or not fun, but feels good about it. Yeah. It's a big, big deal. Also, as the operator, I want to do everything I can to continue to help investors like you feel comfortable with where their capital is by continuing to keep everything open. Every time I do a new meeting with a potential investor, I open QuickBooks and I open the bank account and I show them that they match right on my big, beautiful 46 inch monitor. <laughs> I show them that. And then some. I had a question the other day. They said, how could we audit you? What could we do to check to see if everything is real? And I said, well, One of the things that you could do is you could go to the county records. I said, take a picture of the portfolio. Just take a picture. You got all the addresses here. Pick a couple Mm -hmm. and go to the register of deeds and see if there's a recorded mortgage with Finley Capital on it. Mm -hmm. If this isn't real, that wouldn't be the case. And then I said, call some title companies. I said, take a picture of all the title, because my little tracker thing, you know, has everything in Mm -hmm. there. has pictures of all the title company reps, names, emails, and phones. I said, take a picture of that. Call a couple. Ask if they've ever heard of me. Ask if they fund deals with me, if they, you know, they manage transactions with me. And the answer is going to be yes, because we do. So those are some ways that you can dig a little deeper. Yep. 
when you're doing a, uh, an alternative investment and you're relying on trust and you're relying on the performance of the operator, those are things you can do. You can get into the weeds a little bit. And let me tell you something else. If an operator tells you no to anything, that's a red flag. Okay. I have never said no to anyone to see anything because I never want anybody to feel like it's not a fully transparent open book because there's nothing to hide. And that's the beauty of it. When there's something to hide, then you get excuses, you get reasons, you get explanations, you get, you know, phone calls come in and you got to go. None of that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to make myself feel more comfortable with alternative investments. I have done a few. And I'll tell you this, the way to get more comfortable taking risk is to take a risk. That's the key. So I did that. I made some investments in some of my investor buddies on, on alternative investments called real estate syndications. It's a different kind of investing. And I wrote a couple big checks and I said, wow, this feels weird. I wrote this check. I handed it over. And I'll tell you what, every month now I get an interest payment, which is cool. And it's beautiful. So every month I say cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And I love that. I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, boy, I hope that principal comes back. Mm. And the interest payments are good, but that's, you know, that doesn't mean the principal is going to come back. So again, as an investor, as somebody making an investment, you're always going to have that fear in the back of your head that, hey, is this principal going to come back? Because at the end of the day, that's all you really care about is not losing your principal. But here's the cool thing is those income pay or interest payments that are coming in. For my, in my case, it's more than triple what my normal monthly cash flow was. I, I've tripled my normal, more than tripled awesome. my monthly cash flow, which yeah. is phenomenal. But with that extra money, I have more time to build security elsewhere in oh. case something were to ever go wrong, right? I can yeah. spend more time doing real estate. I can spend more time focusing on my family or doing the, the things that I want to traveling. Whatever I want to do that brings me more comfort in my life, that opportunity is there. So that also mitigates that that risk. I love people that. think that people think there's this misconception that people think that failing is the opposite of success, but it's part of it. Right. Right? It's part I of mean, the process. We all know. And you just got to be educated and make sure that you're making decisions that minimize the opportunity or the potential for failure. And that's where partners and trust and people like you comes in. So I love it. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for believing in, in me. Thank you for believing in Finley Capital. Thank your husband, your family. And I look forward to continuing this relationship for years and years and years to come. I agree. Go get them. Go get them.